All right. So I'm going to tell you this story before we start because it just popped into my head and it makes me very happy. So <laughs> years ago, I was with my friends Sean and Tiana and John Villafuerte, and we were at this Mexican restaurant off Canaan Road. Um, we were coming back from Malibu, and on Canaan Road, I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be this Mexican restaurant just right off the side so you could you could pull off and, and, and eat there. And like one one time we went there and sitting at the table next to us were two guys from the band Rat. <laughs> and I I because of being Mr. Music, I knew it was them. You know, it may have been Stephen Piercy, I don't remember, but it was two of them. And they were with two women girlfriends, wives, I don't know. But anyway, they looked exactly like they were supposed to look, you know, and the girlfriends slash wives, they looked exactly like they were supposed to look too. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, dude, there's rat. And we just would laugh. We'd laugh about that. Rats over there. Anyway, at one point, John Villafuerte he spilled an iced tea all over the table. <laughs> I remember specifically saying, dude, you are embarrassing me in front of rat. <laughs> oh God. Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. My name is Chris Levine and I am so happy to have you join me today. Okay, so our demographics are getting pretty large and varied and I have to thank you all for that, by the way. But I think what I'm about to mention may only be a California thing. Please correct me if I'm wrong. If you are a Gen Xer like I am and you were raised in Southern California, do you remember a TV show that came on at like six in the morning on Saturdays, if I remember correctly, called That's Cat? You ever heard of That's Cat? Does anybody know? I ask around and no one seems to remember this. Did I dream this up? It was like a kid's show. And the three things that I remember were, number one, that the theme song was by John Sebastian of the Love and Spoonful. I remember that. Number two is that they used to say that when something was cool, that it was really cat. Like, yeah, man, that is so cat. And number three, but again, this is unless I'm going totally crazy. I remember the actor Whitman Mayo, who played Grady on Sanford and Son, being on that show, and his name on the show was Grandpa. And he would sit on a rocking chair in this room, and a voice would be like, Grandpa, tell us a story. And then Whitman would just let loose. Does anyone out there remember this? My weird mind is capable of making all of this up, but I'm positive that it was all real. I don't really see a whole lot of this on YouTube or anywhere else. It just kind of disappeared. That out of the way, today we are talking about another scenario involving cats. 
the phenomenon of being a copycat. First off, where did that come from? Why cats? Do cats copy things? Well, I found a few takes on this. In 19th century Maine, according to Slate, Constance Carey Harrison's 1887 quasi-memoir Bar Harbor Days contains the first written evidence of the term copycat where it says, quote, our boys say you are a copycat if you write in anything that's already been printed, end quote. But then the Times of India also says that the expression may have originated from kittens that simply observe the habits of the mother cat and do the same thing. You know, like the other animal metaphor for this, monkey see, monkey do. In any case, we are talking today about the psychological subject of mimetic desire. The concept that makes all of us to some degree, you guessed it, copycats. The site mimetictheory.com defines mimetic desire as according to another or desire according to a model. Imitation is the force that shapes human desire. So in other words, people desire things because someone else did first. Some model was before you, you picked up on it, you mimic it, and you are a copycat. And I think this is very true. Uh, even the most original people had influences. There wouldn't be, for example, a David Bowie in the truest sense without there having been a Scott Walker or a Little Richard. There wouldn't be a U2 in the truest sense without there having been a David Bowie. There wouldn't be a Radiohead in the truest sense without there having been a U2. And we can continue on and on. I mean, if you were to eliminate, for example, James Brown and Sly and the Family Stone and Graham Central Station, would Prince be the Prince that we listen to? If we were to eliminate Buddy Holly and Lonnie Donegan and again Little Richard, what would the Beatles have originally sounded like? Or what if we just completely did away with Muddy Waters, Bo Diddley, or any chess record artist? Would there have been a Rolling Stones? And you know, none of this is bad. It's just that whether we're aware of it happening or not, mimetic desire is a real thing. Something moves us in some way, and we embrace it. We start doing the same thing. Science and technology and mechanics have done this as well. Everything is essentially pulled from nature. Think about it. Would superglue exist if not for the already in existence bonding abilities of blue muscles and barnacles? Would planes exist if not for birds? Would jet propulsion exist if not for the octopus? Or what about this? Would there be the bullet train without the serrated wings of an owl, the rounded belly of the penguin, and the pointed beak of the kingfisher? Look it up. It's super interesting. Let me ask you this, though, first. How do you feel if you're copied? Somebody kind of gets your vibe and runs with it. Does that bother you? Are you flattered? Maybe a little bit of both? Well, this might help. There are essentially two types of copycats. There's the admirer and there's the jealous. Now, the admirer probably looks up to you as a role model, but for the jealous type, it may foster negativity. Ultimately, 
we all copy people. I know for a fact that all of the music that I have ever decided to fall in love with in all of the various genres was somehow introduced to me by someone or something. Yes, there are the rare occasions where I blindly bought a record not knowing anything about it, but still, this was all facilitated by the record store. They bought it, then I bought it, which just makes me another huge copycat. Now, me saying that, by the way, is a breakthrough. See, I used to be the epitome of a music snob. If a band was popular, for the most part, I refused to like them. If they became well-known, I'd shy away from them because I couldn't claim them as mine anymore in the same way. And listen, I know that's stupid. I'm almost 50, but <laughs> I did go through that phase. I'm positive that this happened because of just wanting the desire to be original or unique. And I think to some degree, I believe there's a small part of all of us that wants to be unique. But again, honestly, if another kid that I thought was cool was into something, I might look into it. So my originality wasn't truly originality. The positive spin on all this is the creative inspiration that's passed along in the process. For example, we mentioned musically the Rolling Stones. I would imagine that if they had it their way, when starting out, they would have wanted to sound exactly like the blues artists that they loved themselves on chess records. But they couldn't, and they didn't. Instead, they wound up sounding like the Rolling Stones, which became its own thing. And we're all kind of hybrids in this way. You know, one thing I miss about the house I grew up in are the fruit trees. Uh, in our backyard, we had plums, pomegranates, peaches, figs, loquats. But, but we also had this one tree that was essentially two trees that were grafted together. It was a huge tree that grew lemons and oranges as they were spliced together. Now, the lemons were the sweetest lemons ever, and the oranges had this really, really nice tart to them. I honestly miss that tree. I really do. Just the fact of being able to walk in your backyard and take a piece of fruit off the tree is something that I miss very much. I remember later on in life getting lemons in a store for the first time, because before that I didn't have to, and hating how sour they were. See, I was used to the sweet lemons on that orange slash lemon tree. I believe we also improve when we're influenced or grafted with things that we pick up along the way, much like that tree. See, we become more well-rounded. I love the thought of being a purist, but I can't be because I'm just interested in too many things. Can you relate to that? I say we should totally be smart about it, but if we gain exposure to other worlds and so much beauty when we pick up things from different people, it makes us better people. Psychology Today has an article entitled Eight Ways to Find Inspiration When You Need It Most. And I'm going to share a few of them here. One is to break your inspiration down into manageable pieces. You may not get that one great idea, but perhaps you'll have several small ideas that you can build up into something grand, and this can happen over time. Another point here, which is important, team up with others. Putting your group identity to work may mean that you partner up with people, kind of like you, who are also seeking new sources of inspiration. And together, you may find that you're bouncing far more creative ideas off each other than you could have come up with just by yourself. And diversify your association. 
you know, young people have a tendency to just stick with other young people. Culturally, sometimes people stick together. But if we get outside of these boxes, we could be massively inspired. We're going to talk about that in an upcoming episode. Balance, again, though, is the key here. We obviously don't have to play with fire to realize that it burns. But we can sit around a fire pit outside with some interesting people that won't hurt you. And that's different. So again, be balanced. Ultimately, it is okay to not be the owner of an idea. Wrap your head around that. It is okay to not be original. It feels good when we think we are. But honestly, usually we had inspiration from somewhere or someone. So accept it. You are a copycat. Per mimetic desire, we are all copycats. I love it when kids who don't know older pop culture think something in their generation is new. I think that's great. No disrespect at all intended. I'm sure that I did the same thing as a kid too. These kids are finding their own inspiration and then they'll take their own creative prowess to the next level. So I love the music, for example, and the culture of my personal generation and what it was introduced to. But if that was all that existed in the world, it would get boring. That's why I pull from films for this podcast that were way ahead of my time. There are so many cool things out there, some popular, a lot not. And when we carefully choose and sift through these, you and I as a whole will become more interesting, artistic, and well-rounded people. Learning and appreciating and being inspired are great things. And I recommend this personally. Because not only will new worlds and experiences open up to you, but more importantly, in fact, most importantly, if you do this, you will be very, very cat. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that I hope you like. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast. We are all copycats playlists. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash We Are All Copycats. So let's get into it. Track number one is a song called Typical by Mute Math. Now check this out. There I was buying avocados in the grocery store, and I hear the riff to this song, and I kind of dug it. Never heard it before. So I stood there until I could decipher some of the lyrics and I looked it up on my phone and it's now on this playlist. So there you go. If you enjoy this song, you can thank my wife's guacamole for that. Number two, a vintage slice of Trojan reggae. This song is called Copycat and it's by Derek Morgan. Number three, the Smiths with Stop Me If You Think You've Heard This One Before, a song which contains maybe my favorite or at least top three favorite Morrissey lyrics when he sings. Are you ready? <laughs> I crashed down on the crossbar and the pain was enough to make a shy, bald Buddhist reflect and plan a mass murder. People don't write lyrics like that anymore, do they? Also, if you want to see the least threatening biker gang in the history of the world, watch the video for this. Stop me if you think you've heard this one before by the Smiths. Number four is a song called Recycled Air by the Postal Service. Number five is Something New by the Smithereens. 
Number six is a song called Like a Cat by Shonen Knife. Number seven is Long Time Nothing New by Pete Yorn. Number eight is a song called Patterns by Devo. Number nine is a song called Follow by Richie Havens off of his Mixed Bag record. And number 10 is the track Repeating by John Frusciante. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash We Are All Copycats. We would again, and we're so thrilled, like to welcome some new listeners to our program. Our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Port Orchard, Washington, Forney, Texas, and Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks so much out there and welcome everyone to Refresher. We appreciate all of you. Listen, this show would not exist without you. If you could all just do me a huge favor and continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be huge. Also, if you would like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you may make a small monthly contribution. All you have to do is see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are inclined to do this and you've got the extra change, it can be as little as 99 cents a month. That would be outstanding. But whether you do or whether you don't, don't worry about it. Just feel free to listen and enjoy the show and come back anytime you want. It's not important. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte, who, by the way, embarrassed me in front of Rat. Until next time, though, I do have to say this. This is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.